The Athletic. And welcome to the 65th edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I hope this finds you very safe and very well. On the way, hooky and cream, besotted with the table. And how's about Wednesday then? We'll work through all this and more with our guests this evening. Norwich number one chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. And it's Canary's songsmith, John Rogers. Good evening, everyone. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone out there, and the two faces I have staring back at me. Uh, how are we doing? John, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, Michael? No, no one asks how you are, do they? They just brush past you normally. They're true. In, 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 on the podcast and in the streets, um, oh. which is an achievement as there's no one else on the streets, but it still happens. <laughs> um, are, are you happy with that intro? Basically, I've just, I've just kind of reduced it. Yeah, that's good. I don't mind that. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that gracefully. Fantastic. Well, I'm so glad you've come back with the uh, with the northern lights in the background again. It's nice, isn't it? Beautiful. No, no one else can see that, but I can. No, I think it'll. I think Pretty. people will be able to pick up on the ambiance through the. Uh, through it's the kind of yellow and green lights just shimmering behind me, isn't it? Exactly. You look like Daniel Farker, who has right. them following behind him all the time. <laughs> I wish I had his hair. I tell you. Nah, Steve, how are you? I'm uh, now picturing John with Daniel Farker's hair, which is just magnificent with, with the Aurora Borealis behind. <laughs> now, if there's, um, if, hang on, hang on, hang on, Steve, hang on. If there is anyone on Twitter who can sort out John Rogers' face <sighs> with Daniel Farker's hair, we all want to see it. Uh, Steve, how are you? I'm good. I, I was also just wondering whether you even need to say our names anymore. If you, I could just be number wang chief and you could move on and john can just be canary songsmith you wang don't even... chief <laughs> that'll that'll stay in yeah excellent um <laughs> no uh but, but, i mean now that i've got that nickname i'm i'm even better so. has, has anyone else shouted number wang at you? Uh, i have had a couple of yep have had a couple of that, you really uh, yeah Amazing. yeah um from people i know not oh, you know that's not where it's mummy and dad <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, where not, it starts. it's not um, drive-by abusers or anything like that. Um, oh, yeah. I, I'll know I've made it when uh, people start shouting that at me. Look, Shout- let's be honest here. On the Board podcast has a series, um, a short list of key objectives over the course of the rest of this year. One of them now is to get as many people as possible shouting number wang at Steve. I think we'll all be happy with that. Um, well, let's crack on, shall we? Uh, just before we get going, I have to say that um, we didn't answer last week Stuart Hodges um who played number 40 uh, squad number 40 for Norwich City poser that he um he he launched at us and I was like ah um we have the answers here they are uh, Cameron King he off of the FA Youth Cup winning squad of 2013 read my piece on the athletic about that and Alfie Payne who at the time uh, was with Lowestoft Town but has today rejoined Kingsland Town so amazing twist of fate there and uh, there's a piece with Alfie Payne talking about uh, life after being released by Norwich City as well with um, uh, him and three others who were released last summer you should read that too which brings me on nicely to the fact that you can now subscribe right here right now to The Athletic if you're not already for a special price of £3.99 per month for six months 40% off the full price of a subscription 
You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as me, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod. And yes, I know Ben Mounser reads it better. Let's crack on with this week's headline act. Norwich were 3-0 winners over Luton on Saturday. Happy days, uh, which put that little anomaly of a losing streak to the Hatters to bed. A a brace for Timu Pukki. The scoring figures continue to astound. And yet I found myself writing a piece on the other aspect of his game his defending. Uh, You can read that on The Athletic right now. Please do. It does all rather beg the question, though. Is there anyone else, Steve, we would rather have leading the line for Norwich City right here, right now? Anyone in the world? Yeah. Um... I saw a tweet this morning um, likening, or no, was it saying only... Only two people have scored 20 goals in 40 games. I can't remember the exact stat, but it was it was, it was Timo Pukki and Cristiano Ronaldo. But, I mean, Cristiano's <laughs> older than Timo now, isn't he? Yeah, so we don't so want him. He's past yeah. it. Yeah. Timo's got um, in the tank. I mean, there, there's certainly nobody, realistically speaking, who you would swap uh, Pukki with. Um, he, he, you know, he does tend to be a streaky player. Um, and luckily for us, he, <laughs> nearly all of his streaks have been have been quite lengthy and involved a lot of goals. Um, but this season, I think he's had he's had hot spells and, and not so hot spells. But I was looking at his record. I mean, and, and you touched on it in your piece, Michael. But um, if he scores against Sheffield Wednesday, that'll be fifty championship goals in seventy five championship games. So that's two and three. Um, I'll probably. I'll probably do a tweet about it, so you know, look out for that one. Fact, can't wait, can't wait. I've got, I've got you on, uh, on um, whatever the word is, notifications anyway. So you know, it's good. I'm going to do it first now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't care. Might, might oh. be better. Um, you'll never but, be a number wang, John. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, you'll never have people shout at you. But I was, I was just going. Uh, the point I was going to make here was that I was looking at some comparatively, the likes of Sharp, Billy Sharp, David Nugent, Troy Deeney all took around 140, 150 championship games to reach the same number. Nearly twice as many for fairly established strikers. I mean, I, I think we're not just talking now about one of Norwich City's great strikers, but I, in terms of the last 15, 20 years at this level, there's not been anyone better or more prolific. It's an incredible, it's an absolutely incredible record and we're lucky to, to have him. We are so lucky. I'm just glad they haven't mentioned his toe for a while. That was getting really frustrating. Oh, he's, he's got something wrong with his toe. That's why he's not scoring. But obviously, it was just he just went through a bad patch, didn't he? And people were kind of linking that toe. And he obviously, had he had a quite a poor end of the Premier League season, but everyone else did, so it wasn't an issue. He just needed a little bit of time to get back to his rhythm, and he just everything he kicks at the moment seems to be flying in the top corner, doesn't it? Although he doesn't score many top corner goals, does he? That was quite an unusual one finish for him. This oh, I wish weekend. I wish he did that more because that was that it was wasn't emphatic, it? and you just think. That, I mean, I, I love a dink when it comes off, but the, you know, you you, you want to see them come off or, or round the keeper, mix it up, Timo. No, I'm really not criticising him. I can assure you that. Um, I mean, it's probably my fault a lot of the toe stuff. So I'm going to apologise, John, because I probably <laughs> kept going on about it. But I mean, a it was an issue. It was an issue, but it was an issue at the start of the, at the, at that Christmas time last season. And I think what we're seeing surely this year is that probably Norwich weren't as bad as last season um, made them look. Um, and maybe not 
quite as good as we thought they were when they went up. So I guess maybe if that makes sense. And so hopefully they're in a better position now to prove a few things wrong. But I think we're going to come on onto that in a in a bit. Um, there is a stat in, in the piece I did, which is sort of a precursor for what you were just talking about, um, Steve, in terms of in the last... I think it was since 2013, he has by far and away the best strike rate of any championship um, forward going. Um, the, the one caveat to say in that is that Ivan Tony is currently on a better strike rate, but of course he's only played 30 games. So it's a little bit early, but if he obviously keeps going, then he'll be up there and he, he may well breeze straight through. He might well end up in the Premier League next year and, and this will be the only season he plays in the championship, which I suppose is one one side, side of it. But um the figures are sensational, aren't they, Steve? In terms of Norwich City as well, I think he's now, what, the fifth best strike rate, I think, of goals to games of any Norwich City striker. So um... to plug my own work again, I was having a look at the weekend and I was quite surprised that only four players have scored 50 plus league goals for us at, at this level or above. And um, all Terry Alcock is just ahead of Pookie, but I think he played in an era when loads more goals went in. Um, so it's kind of a caveat with that and then you've got John Dean, who admittedly all of his games are at um, Premier League level and then Ewan Roberts but again Pukki is he's up there and I think you know even if we probably expect him to be here next season but let's say he left at the <gasps> end of this season, um, just just let's let's say it happens okay you know, um, he would still he would be one go down as one of our greatest ever centre forwards I think I, I, I genuinely do for, for what he's done in such a short space of time so um, but hopefully be, I would anticipate that won't happen and we'll still see a few more goals from him yet. So it's really exciting to see just how many he might get. 20 goals in the Premier League next year. You stick that on your 100 goals, 100 points, John. Um, do, do you, how much did you like his Puskas effort, his Puskas attempt uh, effort for a Puskas? You know what I'm trying to say. His wonderful flick that got tipped over. I mean, <clears throat> did he mean it? Yes, 100%. Sure? Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, apart from that one and the first goal he scored, he's quite an unusual strike in the way that he doesn't really want to hit the ball very hard, but he doesn't miss the target very often. He kind of gets it on target a lot of the time, making the goalkeeper make saves, etc. And he kind of wants to place it. He passes it towards the goal. I've not seen a striker like... I can't think of a striker that like him. He just kind of always aims to get it on target. Doesn't have to kick it too hard. Doesn't want to put smash the, the net, unlike his first goal. And obviously, the, whatever that word you were saying a minute ago, Michael. But he's just, he's just an unusual striker in the way he kind of attacks the goal with, 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 his, with his... I don't know. It's very strange. Can you think of any, anyone like him? I can't I, think of just who kind of I, like passes the ball always. Never I, 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 twonks I feel, it, does he? When he misses... Or you know when he's going through a lean patch, it, it it kind of looks like he's he's not hitting it with enough conviction. But then you sort of think to when he is in form, and actually it's exactly the same. But he, yeah. just, if he doesn't find the corner; it looks really tame. But then more often than not, he does. So I can't I can't think of anyone comparable. Although Wes Houlihan never used to shoot with mm. any sort of power, but you know scored a few fair few goals in his time, didn't he? When he's missing the target, that's when he's not the, the normal team in Pookie that we know. I think when he starts missing the target, dragging it wide, when those one-on-one situations, I think that's the time when you think, ah, he's not he's not quite clicking at the moment. But most of the chances that he had is just he's keeping it on target and making the goalkeeper work every time. That's he's ace, isn't he? Oh, I, he's always I, smiling as well, isn't he? I love him. Yeah. I'm probably not supposed I, to say that, but... <laughs> I, I want to mention as well that the first touch, I know the finish was great for the first goal, yeah. but like 
go back and watch that first touch again because it's unbelievably good like Campwell you know it's it's not a bad pass from Campwell but it is slightly behind him he has to get it out of his feet and the pace that he takes off the pass and puts it in exactly the right place to be able to get that shot away is thought absolutely phenomenal how much of we do we have an eye on next season in terms of strikers well I would say they need to probably get another one in to compete with Puki. that would be my feeling um I, I, Hugh Gill has has played a really important role for us this season, but I I don't necessarily I think it would be a gamble to have him as backup to Puki, and I also would say the same about Adamida. Um, I think we saw last season that when Puki's levels dropped, um, Hugh Gill, not Hugh Gill, Dermich, uh was not of an adequate quality to replace him. So I think they need to find a striker who will compete with Puki for because there will be only one striking berth generally in the team, won't there? So I would say, yeah, get get someone in who they think could replace Puki if um, things don't go well. There was a, a bit in the piece on how Temu uh, does a great job of pressing, not necessarily to win the ball back himself, but how it creates the opportunity for others to win the ball. And I guess it was really nice to hear Daniel Farker put it in that way because we sit here praising about how well Emi Buendia wins the ball, but how much of a... Com- you know, again, maybe Emmy taking a bit of the glory from the work of of other people, and how important Timu is in in that. And I, I had a tweet from someone saying, "Look, he's just Timu Pookie just is such a, a a humble person that you, he will just go around and continually work like that. He's a superstar without basically believing or acting like a superstar in a way, which, again, I suppose does make him kind of priceless for Norwich. There is something heartwarming when you see him when he does give the ball away." He works so hard to go just to kind of fill in those little gaps. He can see quite intelligent enough to see when we've kind of pushed forward and we've played the ball to him and he's lost it and they break away. He's the one at 75, you know, 80 minutes sprinting his backside off to try and get back and win that ball back. And he always kind of, he does get, he does quite a good job of, of kind of breaking up. I think he's learned a lot from Ollie Skip or Ollie Skip's learned a lot from him. That's all I'm going to say. We've all learned from Ollie Skip this year, crumbs. And his, his two assists this season, he's only got two, which is unlike him actually, and not as many as he got two years ago. But the first one was the one at Huddersfield where he latched onto that defensive error and then teed up for Ida. That was kind of classic Pookie. And then the other one was another classic Pookie, which was away at Coventry, where he robbed the defender and then kind of squared it for Emmy to tap into an empty net. So, yeah, I, I think for a, he's a goal scorer, but has that kind of, Unself, it doesn't seem to have that selfish streak that goal scorers have, which for the number of goals he gets, you would think he would. But, you know, he, he is perfectly capable of laying it on for others as well. Just maybe think of one caveat here, because we, we can sit here and say how well Tim is doing, how important he is, and the fact that he's on a similar strike rate, if potentially could break his, the amount of goals he got two years ago. He did that in a team that scored 20 more goals last time. And you just kind of, I, I've suddenly had a look down the Norwich's goal scoring charts. You've got Temu, you've got Emmy, then you've got Todd, and then you've not got a lot else. And um, 
I think they just have to be a little bit conscious because that was certainly the issue last season. They became a bit reliant on Timu for goals and um, it's all right at the moment. But, you know, in this situation, I think we're allowed to maybe look objectively about what the future might hold. But um, I'm going to draw a, a line under it there and leave it festering in the background and we'll see what happens with it, where we can swat it away or enjoy it later. But what we'll do now, I think, is move on to the things we are not going to talk about. These are the things that have happened and deserve acknowledgement, but we are only going to acknowledge them by stating how we are not going to talk about about them. Makes sense? Good. We have only three minutes to do it too. So cue the dramatic music, please, producer Ollie. Right. This is it. This week, I am not going to talk about the Luton voodoo, because let's be honest, it was all down to all the players that were missing because Norwich put Luton to the sword. Although, you know, there was a really good early ch- chance for James Collins, but he didn't take it. So uh, that's uh, that's it for Luton. Although, um, you know, they're, they're doing very well compared to last season and they're safe and with little to worry about. So happy days. There you go. Not going to talk about that. Yeah, I, I think, well, I just quickly to on Luton, I think you made the point really well on your... Um... Uh, in your video roundup um, in that this is probably a good opposition for Norwich to play because right now we are kind of swatting teams aside and I, I do feel like we haven't said enough just how great they are to watch at the moment yeah. um, but they were the perfect opposition because Luton have already beaten us twice this season so a bit of a point to prove there um, and we were just so totally in control of that game from the first minute so that was great uh, not going to talk about um, Farker's uh, throw-in repertoire <laughs> I really, that's got to be, I was thinking, because I saw it on the iPhone, I was like, that's going to be a meme. And sure enough, all over Twitter, great stuff. You know what, I've, I keep going back to it. <laughs> Steve's just done it there. I'm going to have to clip that out. Uh, I just keep going back to it because it just keeps making my, me laugh. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, see it. Just see it. We don't need to talk about it, just watch it. John, I bet you could do a good one of those as well. But I wonder what he says after after it. Is it a grumbling German or is it a grumbling English? You need to find out. He did have a word with Dimmy after it. Um, but yeah, don't, we're not going to talk about it. Just amazing. Uh, can we not talk about Man City quotes? I mean, I know he said that, but I kind of felt like two years ago I was going on about how Norwich were the Man City of the Championship. <laughs> it's just we seem to be in a in a in a love in at the moment. And you know, Man Man City couldn't even beat United. I mean, a Daniel Farker Norwich side isn't going to lose a derby, is it? So, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about how lucky Swansea are being at the moment. <laughs> Not for the penalty, though. I have to say, I thought. I could see why the penalty was given. George Savile shouldn't have dived in, really, a bit like he dived in on Emmy, by the way. Um, but the disallowed goal. Yeah, but there's that, and also the, the penalty the previous game. Yes. Yeah. Where Carl Norton just fell onto the floor for no reason whatsoever. No. Um, in the 97th minute, twice, two penalties. The, the, that first one was awful, but given by David Webb, who was the referee on Saturday at Carrot Road, and everyone was saying he had a great game. I mean, it's all right. Yeah. It's all right. Anyway, what else are we not going to talk about? Oh. Um, well, I I was wondering whether you um, renewed hostilities with Thomas Frank on <laughs> Wednesday, Michael. Renew, re- re- renewed well, my own hostilities. <laughs> your hostilities. He, he obviously doesn't care, but... Uh, you know what? And a chance to talk to him. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it now because we're going to talk about it in a minute because it, is, it was really fascinating. Um, we're not going to talk about Ollie Skip and Norwich um, potentially approaching Tottenham about a loan next year because, of, of course, they're going to. I, I, you know, it's like, I don't know. It's one of those stories. Where it's like, well, obviously they're going to say, look, we, what do you think about next year? They're obviously going to have exploratory conversations. It doesn't matter. It doesn't alter anything. I mean, Norwich would be idiots if they were. We're not going to pick up the phone. Um, Are you ready for this? Would oh, you swap Emmy for Ollie? 
I had this conversation at the weekend. Did you? Um, did you? you? With me, was it? Music's finished, by the way. Just oh, okay. Well, no, no, carry on, carry on. I want to hear this conversation. Build up for my answer. Then I would still rather have Emmy. I think both would be very, very difficult to replace. But we might stand a chance of finding another skip. But um, we won't get another Emmy. <laughs> but what, what, what circumstances? I mean, Ollie's on loan, so he wouldn't. He wouldn't As in a player who could who could play that role. That skip plays they might not be as good but they could do a job there whereas i, I just don't think we would find a player that would replace Buendia. yeah I, I worry they're huge players i saw someone suggest maybe um if spurs wanted max Aarons, then we should just swap him for ollie skip <laughs> as if spurs would be like oh yeah great idea <laughs> but, but let's not worry let because i just think like we just need to enjoy what we've got i know this sounds yeah. really naff and twee but we do need to enjoy what we've got right now rather than thinking oh in 11 games time they'll be gone i just i just think might make the most of what we're doing <laughs> to be, I, uh, you're absolutely bang on and i have to say i don't get the sense anyone at the club is to you know they feel that they can find players who will do similar jobs if both went if anyone went what's I, amadou I, I, doing right now Amadou, Ibrahim, yeah. he's probably still like beating Real Madrid and Barcelona in a Liga, to be honest. But that's probably that's the key thing, isn't it? Whoever does come in, they need to uh, they need to convince Mr. Farker. Um, the only other thing I didn't want to talk about was Paul Cook um, being in at Ipswich. So we're not going to talk about that. And we're done. Do you like Formula One, but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search the Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. Let's crack on with Centrefold. So, as Steve uh, deliciously uh, teased earlier, Norwich are beating all the best sides in the championship. Well, that's not entirely true, I suppose, because they lost at Swansea. But uh, they did beat Brentford in a cracking game. I thought tactically, intensity-wise, it was a game that you don't often see in the championship, to be honest. And um, Norwich dealt with it very well. They put Brentford to the sword, really, and it probably could have been more than two, and that would have saved maybe the slight nervousness at the end. So, yeah, I guess we could talk about the football, and we could also talk about Thomas Frank, because he is just a remarkable man. I do find him such compelling uh, viewing. He had this, what he came across and said in all his post-match interviews, he basically, I watched him, he bumped into Daniel Farker while they were you know, just about to swap um, interview post-match interview positions and he basically had the same conversation directly to Daniel Farker while holding his shoulder sort of doing these whole gestures and I, I remember him I, I, he mouthed it I thought I'm not sure if he said that because obviously I couldn't really hear him but then he went and repeated it to everyone so he clearly did he basically went so today's the day you've won the league <laughs> that's what I read him to say and Daniel I could just see visibly shudder basically um I mean, maybe that's just what Thomas Frank is. I don't know. I worry about Brentford, to be honest, a little bit, Steve, now, because I feel like Watford are in decent form. Swansea, are, are, you know, if they, if they don't win a game themselves, they're managing to fluke it. And um, 
I don't know. I, I just feel like Brentford might be sort of having the jangling bell of last season ringing in their ears and being a little bit, a little bit worried. But, um, and again, when you see the manager going on about how you know, Norwich are definitely up and it's not mind games, but yeah, it might be slight mind games. You don't really know because you can't work it out. It, it, I don't know. feels like they're in a strange position. Oh, go on, John. Go on. Yeah, I, I don't think it is a mind games thing. I just think most of the managers that we've kind of come and played and won, especially in the last seven games or so, have been really complimentary about the team, about Daniel's way of dealing with games, etc. I just think it might have been his way of doing it. I don't, honestly, I genuinely think we, we have won the league because we have won the league. Boom. End of it. So I just think that's the, I think that's his way of uh, he came across of just being he might have come across a bit arrogant saying just because we've lost that means you've won the league. I don't think he meant it like that. I just think he's just being lost in translation a little bit maybe. I don't know. But just just the way he is and just the way he kind of uh, a bit of an oddball but in a good, in a good way. So I think that's the way he just came across. Well, that's the, how I read it. He probably went into that game thinking, if we lose this, then, you know, they're off in the distance and then we need to concentrate on Swansea and Watford. And I, I've had the same thoughts as you, Michael. I, to me, it does feel like the, they those four teams are the best four teams in the division. I would expect us now to go up, same as John. Um, so then it's it becomes two from three, one of which will go up automatically. And then you would think one through the playoffs. And Watford and Swansea seem to have that kind of grinding wins out thing going on at the moment and you do wonder whether Brentford might be a bit flaky um, but you know there's been many twists and turns so it's very difficult to predict um, in terms of the game itself we have there was a lot of, of kind of um, knowledgeable tactical talk last week and I feel like we've we've just talked about like Farker memes and Timmy Pookie's toe but, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. but I did one thing I did notice at the start of that game is that they did a really good job blocking off the um, the ball the passes to Skipper McLean and that actually we found that difficult for the first 20, 25 minutes. And then Emmy's goal came at the perfect time, really, sort of against the run of play. Um, and I wonder if that is a way that teams will approach it next season, where they don't necessarily press Hanley and Gibson so much, but they stop the ball coming into those two centre midfielders who have been, let's be honest, absolutely superb in the last few weeks. So they kind of gave up on that once they'd gone behind, or at least it wasn't as effective but yeah, very interesting start to that game. And, and that's why Emmy's goal was so crucial. I actually thought also Norwich were probably a little bit overeager in their pressing in the first 15 minutes or so because they weren't really stopping Brentford playing the vertical balls. And, and actually Brentford were very good at turning them around. And it's the most exposed Norwich's backline has looked for a while as well. And mm. probably in the same regard, they they playing 4-3-3. They managed to have much better support going forward and getting in behind Skip and having the runners there as well because like most teams don't want to commit that because they lose the bodies when Norwich are attacking so in those first 10-15 minutes you know Brentford had a couple of really good chances and I think it came came from that and then after that Norwich managed which again I think it probably was after they took the lead so that obviously altered the dynamic as well but I can't remember I think they had a little spell certainly the goal came from one of the rare moments where they got to transition the game which I think was key uh, and then after that Norwich set off them a little bit deeper and Brentford I thought found it a little bit harder to play through them and get into the spaces behind them as well but yeah it's going to be fascinating I just can't shake your head of what happened last year really can you and the, the increased quality and how how easy it was to kind of nullify that version of Norwich it'll be fascinating to see if this version has more more to it really but that's what we did so well against Brentford I think is how we nullified them and actually neutralized them when we went 1-0 up I've never seen a Norwich side honestly I'm gonna say this in my lifetime who controlled 
and stopped the game and controlled exactly what we wanted. We went backwards the ball so much more than we normally do. We just literally killed them. We, we just got the ball and went backwards and went backwards again, went forward a little bit and backwards again. It just, just took the momentum out of Brentford completely. I mean, they were, we, were, we were inches away from being one down with, with Canos. Still don't know what he did. He was on the <laughs> penalty, well, no, on the six-yard box and just went to, on his own and he just fell over, didn't he? It was a weird one. Because he's such a quite a well balanced player as well, he's got that kind of way he drifts past people. He's quite and he just fell on the floor. He was millimeters from putting it one, but then one nil up. And I think Brentford might have done the same to us, you know, just kind of killed the game and not let us get back into it. Whoever got the first goal was going to win, I thought, and luckily it was us. That is where this team are streets ahead of the one from two years ago. And you think back to the Premier League season last year when. We had those games against Wolves and Sheffield United where we took the lead. In, uh, they were, I think they were back to back at home and lost them both. That felt like a key couple of defeats. This team, that might be the difference. You know, it's way too early to, you know, we're not even up yet. But if we are in the Premier League next year and we are looking to stay up, holding on to the lead, we've, we've got to be able to do that. And this, like John says, we just look so in control of that game at 1-0 that it never felt in doubt, even against the team uh, who are supposed to be our closest rivals. So, yeah. yeah. Running away with it, they were. Um, I did set out on this season. I can't remember where I said it, but I would expect that I did. I set out on this season sort of seeing how Norwich would do compared to the the top teams in the division because I figured that would be the best um, comparison. I, I know we've got two huge games coming up in um, the middle of April, two games within the space of four days, Bournemouth and Watford both visiting Carroll Road. And in fact, Daniel Farker mentioned that himself. So I think even in this scenario where you look at it and think, okay, well, it should, you know, take a lot to really you know, blow this. Um, I think even he'll be aware of what those two games are, the teams they're coming up against and what that will mean in terms of how Norwich perform. And in a way, going back to the Luton game, I found it really interesting. He was saying, look, we wanted to show a championship winning mentality here because we want, it's almost like they're trying to pave the way for what it's going to be into next season, really. So I wondered, you know, would it matter then, you know, how Norwich, Norwich's record against the top teams? But then I looked at Leeds last season and I think they they beat Brentford and they beat West Brom early in the season and then they sort of drew a couple of them and then lost away. They they hammered Fulham later on in the season, but that was, I think, after the restart um, potentially and they lost at Fulham earlier in the season and basically deduced that it means nothing. <laughs> and actually, it, it certainly when you look at Leeds and, that, and why maybe they've succeeded, you do have to say that they made two or three really good quality signings that have just helped build on what they had. And I think whatever happens this year, Norwich are going to have to find a way of doing that at least better than they did it last year, but they will need to spend a bit more money as well. Okay. Uh, let's cue John Watson. This is almost fantasy football. Now, uh, it is a normal week. Well, it's not even that. Sheffield Wednesday is on Sunday. I think it's a 12.15 kickoff on Sunday lunchtime at Hillsborough. So we've got even longer to rest and recuperate as a group of people and also the footballers. So that's nice. Um, but as always, uh, and maybe, you know, with a bit more relaxed air, we can still paint a picture of the forthcoming seven days. And, and then you can laugh at what we've uh, created with the valuable gift of hindsight although that won't be until next week this time around um and there's actually a big big week of championship football away from norwich but um norwich at hillsborough i mean they did them four nil um wednesday look a proper mess <laughs> steve uh darren moore hasn't got them firing yet um yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
And I, I think I even saw something saying they'd have about nine players out of the weekend. That's right. Yeah. Oh, in, injury and suspension. Uh, who that. knows? Maybe they've just they ditched them. <laughs> Jordan Rhodes will be starting. Hat trick. There you go. They had a red card in the weekend. Um, I am slightly worried about this one only because um, I think the gap will not necessarily help us in that we seem to do well and we've got the momentum and we've had seven days to rest. We don't seem to have played as well. And I think it will help Sheffield Wednesday and they've had a new manager come in, immediately have a couple of fixtures. And then this week will be the week where he, assuming they haven't got a midweek game, haven't checked that, uh, where he can sort of sort them out and and get them, uh, you know, a bit more organised. But I mean, everything else points to a Norwich win, which is a dangerous thing to say, but it just does. They've been rubbish. We've been brilliant. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're going to get 100 points and 100 goals, John, then you need to, uh, you know, need to win these games at least 8-0, I reckon. For the record, they haven't got a midweek game, Sheffield Wednesday. Well, I did just check that. Well, obviously, I don't normally do this, but the end of last of the last game, I looked at the form table of the last six games and Norwich obviously won six and Sheffield Wednesday have lost six. They are bottom of the form table. We are top of the form table. So everybody put your mortgage on Sheffield no, Wednesday. Whatever you do. Yeah, win one now. There's always one of those little games when you're like flying away, you lose to the bottom of the league. That happens quite often. So this, I'm literally, you're going to be millionaires if you do this, everyone. This is, uh, this is, uh, we, yeah. Um, it, the championship does have a have a good knack of um, biting people in the bottom. That said, Norwich at the moment are as good as any team that's played in the championship in the last twenty years. I'd say so. Uh, we'll find out if they really are or not. I suppose, won't we? It'll be it'll be a great insight into their mentality. Absolutely for sure. Or well, just to round it up, Swansea play on Tuesday night at Blackburn, who uh, Blackburn then host Brentford on Friday. <laughs> so Blackburn, have, uh, we're all Blackburn, right? That's how the kids say it, isn't it? Um, yeah, so they've got two big games um, against two promotion rivals. Uh, Swansea are also then at Luton on Saturday. So, I mean, I, I, they'll probably get at least four penalties, I reckon, in those two games. Watford are at Cardiff on Saturday, which strikes me as a cracking game. That should be a cracker. And um, I think the manager of the month and player of the month awards will be, nom- the nominations will be coming out this week. I would be very surprised if Daniel Farker isn't in those nominations, although Barnsley are absolutely flying and we all love Barnsley, don't we? Carlton Morris. Barnsley. What a superstar Carlton Morris is. And, you know, we, we can afford to love them because you don't play them until the last game of the season away from home and hopefully there'll be nothing riding on it. <laughs> so go Barnsley. Absolutely spent by then because they <laughs> just have thrown everything into every single game. So they'll just be husks by the final game of the season. Well, yeah, but, you know, fair play to um, Valerian Ishmael who, who um, thinks it's a good idea to, you know, make three or four changes on the hour mark to freshen things up. <laughs> But, you know, there are downsides to that too, I'm sure. So, yeah, anything else anyone wants to predict for this weekend ahead? Something that's going to happen? John, what's going to happen? Give me something. I've already put people's mortgages on, on this. So yeah, true. Actually, don't say anything. Know. Don't say anything else. Whatever you do. Steve? I don't care about how other teams get on, really. Oh, like God. They're, they're, they're in the rearview mirror now. It's like, you know, it's like... Yeah, it's pity. It's, it's charity. About... That's what it is, Steve. You got to look. Oh, who do you feel sorry for the most? That's what you got to think of now. Just to say, just to say, um, Swansea win. Um, say, say Swansea win their next two games, and then uh, Norwich lose. I think are they only going to be two points behind Norwich with a game in hand? Just saying. If all of those things happen, <laughs> they'll still be behind us. Is that what you're saying? With a game in hand. Just saying. Okay. 
All right, all right. Let's let's well, the arrogance, boys. My prediction is that I, I still I still think we will win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can outlandish one for you. Oh, it's going to be. So I said we're going to lose. That's how exciting I am in my oh, life. Wow. If you say if you say we're going to draw, Michael, then at least one of us has to be right. So maybe that's the way we should. Play. This is this is true. Yeah, why not? Match postponed. Eight eight. <laughs> what a game! Um, right. Well, I think for that um, we're going to call it as time for on the ball this week. Uh, if you're yet to do so, please make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player and ad free for subscribers of the Athletic via our app. Please leave a review or a rating. And if you get the chance, spread the word of our efforts across the Norwich City world. To get in touch with us, uh, ask a question, propose a topic for discussion, whichever you wish, sling me a direct message on Twitter. The handle is at Michael J. Bailey. In the meantime, a big thank you to you tonight, Steve. Thank you so much. Cheers, Michael. Pleasure as always. John, likewise. Thanks for bringing the Northern Lights with you. I'll bring it back next time. Thank you. Uh, We'll be back next week for another On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, thank you so much for listening and never mind the danger. And we're clear. Uh, welcome to Wits End. We're clear, Steve, John. Welcome. There's your little catchphrase, isn't it? And, and we're, we're clear. clear. Yeah, it has become, it has become it's the signal for people to know that we're not just making this up as we go along. We oh, clearly are, exactly. especially this bit. 100%. You could be a, you could like, what are those people? Is it like a surgeon that resuscitates people? You could kind of use that in a, in a theatre. Well. <laughs> isn't that what they shout? In- yeah. He's just clear, but and oh, yeah. clear. Add a little bit extra to it. Nice. I also find this part of the podcast is where people interrupt more. Yeah, <laughs> just you noticed. John. Just you. Um, oh. Welcome to its end, everyone. I don't agree welcome. with that. Just <laughs> stop it. <laughs> welcome all you Twitterkers. Uh, if, if you stumbled across this for the first time, got no idea what's going on. Listen to On the Ball podcast number forty-two. It's all explained there. That was September the eighth. It went live. You can email us directly, Twitterkers at iCloud.com, or use the hashtag Twitterkers Twitter K E R S hashtag on twitter i just don't explain what you're referring to obviously um what do we got this week so uh thank you to ian holmes who clarified using hashtag twitterkers that martin o'neill's free kick the one the, the best goal a lot of people are calling it the best goal ever scored by norris city martin o'neill direct free kick scored in 1982 against ipswich late on um but i've still not had anyone come forward with any video so i'm assuming it's a game that was not didn't have the cameras there and did it just happen never filmed do we do we know that this goal definitely happened like well it was in the newspaper and we know everything <laughs> everything in, everything in the eastern daily press really did happen that's how you document history um but i've not seen a video of it so uh, whether i can judge if it was the greatest goal ever scored by an overseas player i don't know gosh yeah. imagine the lost goals yeah we're working on a very narrow time frame um I mean, I think I think oh, I've already given mine. Well, or at least I've been part of this discussion. But yeah. John, John, John's been about a bit. He must have seen a few good goals in his time. I've seen, for, I tell, I've seen for good goals in my lifetime. <laughs> my first game was a rubbish uh, Dale Gordon goal. 
my first ever goal was a rubbish Dale Gordon goal in did they exist? Uh, eight, eight, 87 well it was off like just scooped in from one yard <laughs> can, can, can you remember when your first goal at, at, at Carrow Road I can't remember it's a bit cliche were you petrified when people like started screaming around you <laughs> I think it's like I remember being else. very scared it's like nothing you've you've never heard of a noise like it have no you, in a lifetime and um so my, my two boys that they both went to their first game when they were three or not two and a two and a half and and six months old they cried i mean they cried when they first walked out into the ground and they were extenuating mm. circumstances as to why they were there i won't go into but um you know they... steve you're young how what was your first goal can you remember it's a bit of a cliche but it's nice i to remember talk about, going to a game where darren ed scored the winner i think it was against crew um but my i mean i do think that about football i mean obviously we don't have crowds at the moment i miss them massively but there is nowhere else in the world where you could you know just just shout obscenities like just people <laughs> who are otherwise completely you don't rude. have to steve i don't <laughs> have you been to an american cinema <laughs> they, they love I, it there I, i've been to an indian cinema and they oh, all yeah. stand up for the national anthem and the, the flag is um projected on the screens and it's mm. uh yeah anyway carry on sorry it's very apt <laughs> for today um no, I, sorry go on michael no uh, i no you're right see the, the buzz of a crowd is I mean, there's nowhere else in Norfolk where 27,000 people are in one place at the same time. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, you haven't been to the dinosaur park on, no, like, <laughs> on a bank holiday Monday. Uh, Pleasure at Hills. Um, yeah. I remember I my first game, my first Norwich game was a goalless straw at home to Charlton. Nil, nil, oh. terrible game. The second game was a 1-0 home defeat in the last minute to Wimbledon. You can imagine oh. how good that was. Um, and then the third game I saw was a 2-2 draw at home with Arsenal. So it took me three games to, saw Nor- to see Norwich score and then it was the fourth game they won 2-0 at home to Luton and um, that was the first time I saw them win but it took me, took me three, ga- three games to see them score a goal I was hooked ever, ever since <laughs> uh, Steve what was your first goal can you remember? Yeah, well I think I think Edie but the, I, I, the first season I really started going was 0-1-0-2 and we got to the playoff final and I was the exact opposite to you Michael in that we oh, one lose <laughs> sorry what, what are you trying to say John? <laughs> Um, but it's only got five years ago, wasn't it? 01? No, John, it wasn't. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> well, as you know, John, I'm, I'm very, very young. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, that season we started brilliantly, and uh, and that was what got me hooked. It was like, actually, this lot are actually quite good. You know, they've been years just being um, a bit of a, a bit of a joke, and then suddenly, yeah. Did you cry? Um, yeah, but that's yeah, I, I cry at everything. You know? yeah. Have you yeah. ever cried at football as a as a adult? I don't think so. I I always I, I don't know. I am an emotionless droid, but I do feel <laughs> like when you see people on the telly um, and they're crying because they're yeah. Doing, you know, I um I, wow. I I I I'm sure I would have cried a couple of years ago. Um, for, for again, probably the same extenuating circumstances I wasn't going to go into a minute ago. But um, I remember I missed. So I had my I had my season ticket in two thousand and three four. Um, and uh, early in that year, I decided 
we're going to go traveling at the end of the year. Um, for, uh, it's really exciting. And it's like Norwich hadn't done anything really, apart from the playoff final, um, you know, a couple of years ago, which is, I'd never seen anything like it. I, my first season ticket was after Norwich were relegated from the Premier League. It was dross, year after year of dross. Nothing ever <laughs> happened apart from the playoff final. So I thought, you know what? I, we'll go traveling by Easter. It'll be lovely. It'll be grand. We'll enjoy ourselves. And, um, you know, someone can have my season ticket for, for the last few games. It'll be great. Then they signed Darren Huckabee on loan. Um, then they <laughs> suddenly became really good. Then they were top of the league. And then I, the last game I saw before I went travelling was the 1-0 win at Reading where the ball came off um, Neil Yes. Uh, pa- uh, Barry, Neil Barry, Harry, Neil Barry. That's it. Neil Barry. The referee's back, and Phil Ryan volleyed it in. And I walked away from that game, just telling everyone, "You clearly, we're clearly going up. Don't even." Uh, and I'm not here, so it'll be great. So I remember I was away then until July. Got home. My dad had recorded everything on a video. I put the video in, watched it all, and then the moment when Norwich were lifting the trophy, I had a cry because I'd never seen any. I'd never seen Norwich do anything like it. And not only that, I wasn't there to see any of it <laughs> but it was an amazing trip um and you know they've made up for it since i feel so there you go that's my little offload we've run out of time <laughs> we've all got to go um oh well charlie i'm going to apologize to you again <laughs> sorry charlie i had so much uh, including there was a tweet um from at ncfc to whittaker's um whittaker being as in Stephen, um and all it said was italian fingers hashtag twittaker's <laughs> now is that rude? I don't know what that means. And I, I listened to well, last week, so I was like, I don't, I don't know what that refers to. So there you go. <laughs> Maybe we need to clarification. Probably shouldn't yeah. have said or, it. Or not. It depends what it might be referring to. But the, uh, the, the clean sheet uh, hashtag is uh, enjoying a renaissance. I'm making sure. Norwich are delivering the clean sheets, and I'm therefore delivering the hashtag renaissance um, on Twitter. Uh, we're done. Uh, if you've got anything to say to us get involved uh with the email which is twitterkers twitter k-e-r-s at icloud.com hashtag twitterkers we have no time for any other business tonight or any other business nothing unless you want to say something really quickly john something really quickly any other business speed right yeah that that was quick i mean i I said said something quick that's the quickest thing i can think yeah yeah. i i really wanted to ask john about the car boot sale and the missing photo in the program because i think that, that's just a fantastic story, but maybe we'll have to save it for next what? time. Okay, next time you're on, John, the car boot and the missing... You know what I'm talking about, don't you, John? I do know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Creepy. We're going to save it for next time. Someone has a photo of a young John Rogers. If you are that person, please reveal yourself. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> let's find them and get them on the podcast. We can reunite you. <laughs> Um, if you've ever John. actually... You may probably haven't met in the first place, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> right, um, Steve, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. John, thank you. Be careful, everyone. Take care. Look after yourself. That's it. Time's up. Until next time. <gasps> That's a rub. The Athletic.